0: Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is the Small Scale Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Tom Dommers. This is Season 2, Episode 10, and in this episode, we have a conversation with Travis Swanson, a local beekeeper who's launching his own beekeeping business, and answering some of our listener questions. In case you're new to the Small Scale Life, this is a blog and podcast dedicated to developing a sustainable life through gardening, healthy living, frugal living, and having adventures along the way. At Small Scale Life, we're always dedicated to learning doing and growing. Well, everybody, uh, May is here and we've been offline for the past couple of weeks weeks, focusing on our next stage in life, so to speak. Uh, We've been incredibly busy and there's been some massive work happening here at Small Scale Life. I know I've alluded to it on Facebook and Instagram and I really will uh, want to want to let you guys know what's going on. So I will have a second podcast this week talking about what's happening, uh, what happened, what's going on, and what comes next. So stay tuned for episode 11. We'll look for that maybe Wednesday or Thursday, hopefully Wednesday. Just to clue you all in, the seedlings are growing, things are looking great. Got to make some changes though. Some things um, I plant, planted too much and uh, Julie was giving me a hard time of it because she knew it was coming and I was I guess I was in denial but uh, I've got too many seedlings so if you're here in the Twin Cities area and you want some seedlings let me know reach out to me okay? Uh, in the meantime, back to the podcast at hand, I had a great conversation with uh, with Travis. And uh, as you know, I'm a newbie with bees and I haven't had any classes or anything. So this is all new to me. So I learned a lot from them. I also wanted to thank uh, listeners and followers uh, who provided real world questions for the podcast. Uh, these questions, I reached out to a couple groups that uh, I administer, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Regen Ag Group, Facebook group, and also the uh, Small Scale Gardening Facebook group and a couple other ones and got some questions from the followers there. Really appreciate it. Uh, This was a first. The first time really got really solid questions from from the audience and and I I liked it. It was fun. Um, And we'll be doing that in the future. So stay tuned for that. I want you all engaged, especially when we have interesting guests. So thank you for your involvement. And again, I hope you learned as much as I did out of this podcast so thank you for your involvement you know feel free to share it around ask you to do that and and share it with your friends and other people you know so okay with all that out of the way we're going to hear from two friends of the small scale life podcast and then we'll just jump right into it so thanks again for listening hit subscribe come back again on wednesday we'll have some more for you okay thanks everybody Hey, everybody, just wanted to remind you about the Small Scale Life Facebook group. This group will give you a backstage pass and access to other members of the Small Scale Life community. We'll discuss gardening, healthy lifestyle, frugal living, and having adventures along the way. This is also your chance to see what's coming up on Small Scale Life. See some content not shared on the blog and ask questions of future guests. Join Small Scale Life's Facebook group today. Hey, everybody. The weather's getting warmer, and it's time to start thinking about planting fruit trees. If you're thinking about planting American elderberry, American plum, Bartlett pears, black locust, or even something like Comfrey Bocking 14 or Comfrey Bocking 4, you really need to check out Greg Byrne's site and store at naturesimagefarm.com. Use a code SSL for 10% off all nursery stock plus free shipping. Check out Greg's site at naturesimagefarm.com today. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm interviewing local beekeeper. He's getting going with his own business venture. His name is Travis Swanson. Travis, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: A mutual friend of ours has been raving about what you're doing and where you're going with with your beekeeping and I haven't had a beekeeper on the show yet. There's a local guy that I wanted to get on and he's just got too much going on. So it's great that I finally get a beekeeper on or a person very
1: familiar with bees and and thank you for being on the show. Yeah, it should be fun. Good, good. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. We have a small farm in uh, northeast Iowa. I've always liked the farm life okay and i've tried i don't know tried thinking about what i wanted to do down there because we have all that land sure and um how big is the farm know? just out of curiosity uh we have about 70 acres nice uh we rent out the land um to the neighbors okay and uh yeah i don't know i'm just kind of trying to figure out what i wanted to do down there and then i think maybe i saw something on tv and i was like oh maybe beekeeping i'm like get into and told a few of my friends and one of them actually told me that he was a beekeeper when he was living in North Dakota. He did it for three summers. Okay. And, uh, so I asked him more and more questions and it seemed like a pretty cool thing to do. And I don't know, I didn't like bees at all. Like (laughs) stay away from them, but I thought maybe I'd try this out. So I ordered all the equipment. I, um, uh Beekeeping for Dummies. Okay. <laughs> so I read that whole book. I was well, that like, was, yeah, okay. That was Let's gonna be this. one of my
0: questions is how does somebody get started out and uh Beekeeper for <clears throat> Dummies? I like it. That's a good starting yeah. spot. I, I, I think I would do well with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's a good one. But okay. there's there's many books, but I figured, I don't know, that one seems the easiest. So uh, yeah, I bought that. Bought all my equipment, ordered my bees, and uh, that's how it all started. Wow. And I've, yeah, I've, that's, I, it's a lot of fun. I love it. Sure. So, how many hives did you start with? I started with two. Okay. And then last year I went to six. Okay. And then this this year I went to twelve. So. Wow. Okay. Are they um Are they
0: all on the same property, or or are they at different sites?
1: The first year was in uh, Iowa at our farm. Okay. The second year I wanted them a little closer. So I moved them to my aunt and uncle's place out in Dassel.
0: Okay. Dassel,
1: Minnesota. And, mm-hmm. Yep. Dassel, Minnesota. They did all right there. Um, and then this year since, I don't know, I, I doubled what I had from last year. I was like, Oh, maybe I should put half in Dassel and half in Iowa. Okay. So I get a little more variety okay. on sure. flowers and honey and, uh, one of them has to do well because last year wasn't a great year for honey. But uh, it could have been where they were. I don't know. So no i put I've, them,
0: I've heard that, them up a little bit. Sure. I've heard – sorry for stepping on you there. Um, okay. Yeah, I've heard that from my other uh, beekeeping friend that he, <laughs> he had a really tough year. And he had more hives than he's ever had before and really did not get much – um, didn't get much yield and me, I usually get 15 pounds of honey or more, you know, to, well, I get a little more because I make some meat. I've tried that before and then we keep it cause it's so good. You know, we want to have that local honey and, mm-hmm. um, Last year, we didn't get any. He just didn't have any to, to, to sell. So it, it might have been just the year up here. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it seemed like uh, north of us and south of us. So, like, yeah, southern Minnesota, a little north of us, they did really well. Mm-hmm. So it might have just been this area. Hmm, strange. So with hives, with
0: your hives up here, obviously you're managing those. But when you have a hives down in Iowa, do you drive down there every week or every couple weeks or once a month? What's your frequency of seeing those hives?
1: Uh, it's usually every couple weeks i don't know you kind of want to go see them every seven to ten days so but yeah i think you don't want to yeah you don't want to be in them all the time because then that's just going to slow down them making honey it's just going to disrupt everything they're doing so the least the least amount you want to see them but yeah i don't know seven to ten days seven to 14 days Hmm. just to make if everything's going well you just kind of look at them and throw boxes on for honey so
0: right right yeah
1: (laughs) see i'm a total
0: um I'm a total bee newbie, so I have. No, yeah, I've been to that friend's <laughs> hives twice, and once I was just observing some friends uh, as he had some friends and was showing him everything. So I'm total noob, and I have no clue what I'm doing. So yeah, yeah. good to know people that are doing it. So wow, that's cool. So what do you do with the honey? Are are you just selling the honey, or you? What are you doing with all of it?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I've just been selling it, keeping some for myself. Okay, but uh, la- the first year I sold it. I think I just put it up on Facebook and anyone wanted it, sold everything. Wow, cool. And last year wasn't a great year, so I just told some of my best customers about it. Gotcha. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just sold it all to them. So I'm hoping, hoping for a really nice year this year.
0: So it's, um, as you're expanding your, I'm assuming you're taking the profits and putting them back into the business or the buying more hives with the profits. I mean, do you Mm -hmm. you get enough to cover the new hives or the expansion or what did, how did you go about expanding your business? So to speak,
1: Um, I think the first two years I broke even or maybe just, just under, but this year, yeah, I don't think I need to buy anything. So I think it should all be profit besides buying, you know, jars and stuff.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. um, And just, the other guy, uh, he actually ran a Kickstarter to to, to uh, increase his operation. So there's just different oh, okay. ways to crowdsource your operation if you ever need it.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, I could I could think about that.
0: <laughs> cool. So so you have honey? Do you do
1: do you do any other services besides the honey? Um, last year I started um with pollen okay. using pollen. Pollen traps to collect that. Um, people seem to like that. And it's, uh, it's another good source of, you know, uh, vitamins, minerals and antibiotics and or antibodies. And sure. Yeah. It's, it's a good, uh, it's a good alternate thing to have just beside, not just honey.
0: Got it. and I have to thank you because you, uh, you sent a, a little care package to us and I have yeah. a jar of your mm-hmm. honey, which was awesome. It really tasted <laughs> great. So thank you very much. And then I've got this, yeah. this other jar and I'm looking at it going, Oh, what do I do <laughs> with this? <laughs> 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 so what do you what do you do with pollen do you throw it in I've heard maybe throw it in smoothies what else can you do with it
1: Yeah smoothies yogurt some people put it in their coffee for a sweetener um on their cereal oatmeal pretty much anything you want to just I don't know get a little sweeter
0: Okay okay so if you're throwing it in a smoothie or something you should cut back on other sweet things cuz you'll you might just Overdo it on
1: sweet, then it might, yeah. Okay. Or I could make it ten times better. Who uh, knows? Okay, yeah,
0: we'll experiment <laughs> with it. I haven't had it, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Do you
1: do you do anything with like beeswax or anything like that? Or um, I don't know, not really. Okay. Um, I have from what I have you, on a large scale, you can get obviously a lot more wax, but on the scale I'm at, I don't think it can really amount to me selling things I know I can make make a bunch of candles if uh-huh. I needed to mm-hmm. but I don't think uh, large scale for me I, I would be able to sell any of it
0: right gotcha okay yeah I just again I'm a newbie so I'm just throwing questions out here um, mm-hmm. have you ever made meat or anything like that
1: uh, I wanted to this year but okay. yeah we didn't have enough so yeah I sold everything else and just didn't work out this year gotcha
0: have you ever made it before no I haven't okay yeah I, I made it once mm-hmm. and um I've got another fifteen pounds of honey downstairs that uh, that I need to use, but I've got some nice. some of our yeah some of our fan base um, the lumber squatches out in Ohio the the crew out there they make some really good meads and and uh, ciders and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I'm going to learn a few things from those guys. And uh, making wine is a lot of fun. So it's not too hard either. So that's a good thing too. You'll like
1: it. I think you'll like it. Yeah, I think I'm going to try that this year. If it's a good year. So. No, as part
0: of your, um, you're not just a hobby farmer. You do other things uh, to pay the bills, obviously. So, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your what you do in your uh, in your real job. I'm using it in my air quotes.
1: <laughs> well, my real job right now is uh, I'm also I'm just a beekeeper. Okay. Um, so the business I work for, we have around 400 hives.
0: Wow, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and I work with another guy who's done it for. A lot more years and i think our owner's done it for 20 some years so he's he's seen a lot and knows a lot so mm-hmm. they've been my they've been my mentors and i think my first i don't know two or three weeks i learned more in that time than i did the first two years being a beekeeper oh, so yeah, definitely so
0: you are you are <clears throat> chasing the crops sense so you're you uh I'm sure as more of a commercial operation, like you're going, taking all the hives out to California and then, you know, for almond season, then bumping down to Texas for gosh, what cotton, what's going on? What's blooming right now uh,
1: uh, um, down there, fruit or anything. whatever. Yeah. Well, we don't, yeah, we don't go to California for oh, okay. almonds or anything. We just, we just uh, bring them down to Texas. So they have a nice, easier winter on them. And sure. uh, yeah, go- going out to California can be good, can be bad. I don't okay. know how you, you get out there, and I don't know. People people have had their hives stolen or damaged, and then you also have the risk of uh, getting diseases from other uh, people's bees if sure. they don't treat them properly. So, oh,
0: yeah, this is yeah. all getting into the questions we're going to have in a little bit. here. Okay, have Got okay. some audience <laughs> questions, but yeah, those are very big concerns. I mean, I've heard stories about um, people stealing hives. They're they're like gold, you know.
1: And then the floods this year, yeah. people's hives have just washed away, and they'll never see them again. So, oh my gosh, yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I could, I, I felt bad for those, uh, for those companies that went out there with their hives because they were in there and waiters and trying to get mm-hmm, their yeah. hives in and out, and oh, it looked like a nightmare.
1: Yeah, I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, did you have you haven't done anything that uh, that extreme, huh?
1: No, I know. thought about it, but then, yeah, after the floods this year and just our stuff, I'm like, man, I don't think I need to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That'd be extreme beekeeping. Uh, right,
1: right, yeah. <laughs> huh. So um, with with that
0: many hives down in Texas, are you making trips down there to check on them, or do there, are there staff down there, and then when they come back up, you're you're working with them up here, and you kind of do the high five, yeah, I'll take them now, and thanks, man, and thanks for uh, so
1: coming Yeah, we've had one guy down there since, uh, he's been down there. This is his second month down there. Okay. And then earlier in like February, I think they made a trip down there for a couple weeks. Sure. But, uh, yeah. And then a few of us will go down there and help out and get them all ready. So yeah, I don't know. Everyone just trickles in, trickles out. Right. Right. Close up the hives and then you put them on a, is it like a
0: flatbed or something or in a, a semi? It can't be a semi. I would think they get too hot.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a flatbed, and then we just throw a huge huge net over the top, and uh, they, uh, we do that night because all the bees fly back into the hive at night; they're all in there. So sure. we load them up, throw the net over, and then the truck takes off. The girls are
0: nice and calm at that point until they get moved around. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they some they get, they can get out at night. They don't fly as much at night, sure. but. Uh, they're a lot more angry at night because they don't want to be disturbed. So. Ah, I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs>
0: yep. So is there much difference between your hobby operation, uh, like gear, stuff you wear, versus a, a bigger commercial type operation? Is there much difference between gear and stuff? Or, or is it pretty much the same principles, just
1: you're dealing with more hives? Um, We, for the bigger operations, you sure. wear like a full bodysuit. Oh, okay full white suit um a lot of people that have just a few hives just have like the jacket and the veil and gloves sure but uh yeah on the larger scale yeah you're gonna want you're gonna want to be protected because you're dealing with a lot more bees and you're not you don't know if it's a nice hive or a bad hive gotcha Mm -hmm. yeah so you just want to make sure you're you're protected because everyone has their limits on how many times they can get stung
0: yeah that's true my uh Brother-in-law is very allergic to bees. He he um, he mowed over a um, in-ground beehive and got nailed, you know, stung several yeah. times. And they were pretty, mm-hmm. pretty mad with something he developed that. Found out he had that reaction that wasn't so good. So, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Interesting. So, smoker, same thing? You, you same kind of smoker and everything? Or do you not use a smoker for, for commercial?
1: Oh, we definitely use a smoker, yeah. Okay. Just generally calms them down and um i very rarely would go into a hive without a smoker yeah yeah I think especially <laughs> yeah one one or two of my hives uh, they make some some angry bees so i can't even doesn't matter if i smoke them or not they're gonna be angry <laughs> huh.
0: Is that just so a characteristic of the queen or, or just the, how do they get angry just out of curiosity?
1: Uh, yeah, they could have mated with an Africanized bee down in Texas or not. I'm not sure. Um, but they can change too and they can be calm the next year, hmm. but it's, yeah. So people usually, if that would happen, some people would kill the queen and put a new queen in there and hope hope for the best. But, you never know. Yeah,
0: then the aggressive
1: tribe, so to
0: speak, has to, or the hive, <laughs> they have to accept yeah. the new queen, and and that can get dicey, I'm sure. Right.
1: Yeah, and then the bees will. I think they live like 30 days or okay. something like that, and so that that round will die off, and the new the new brood will be be there, and hopefully they'll be a lot calmer. That's really interesting because
0: um, a guy named Jack Spurco, he's down in Texas. Uh, he's a big. Mm-hmm or maybe you heard his name or not, I'm not sure, but he had beehives on his properties. He had three acres, but he his hives mated with um, African... Africanized bees and they got really aggressive and he had to have another guy come in and take the hives out and, you know, do just what you're talking about. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I've I've heard of that before. So interesting. Wow. Um, so are you, um, you've dealt with, with the mites and all the other pests and, and those kind of things as well. Yes. Okay. How do you deal with that stuff?
1: So my first year, my hives didn't make it through the winter. They kind of, they all died. And uh, not in really knowing, or not having a mentor, and just kind of reading books, but not maybe not not enough on the different diseases or the mites. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's why they died. Okay. But uh, for my current job, we're we treat them with oxalic acid. Okay. And uh, if people want to know how to get that or make. Make these. You make these towels. You soak them in glycerin and oxalic acid, and then you put them in the hives for, I think it's forty days, okay, or fifty days, and so the bees kind of c- come in contact with this towel, and then they just kind of spread it all around throughout the hive, and uh, it like when it rubs up against one of these mites, they kind of just they die. Interesting. So, uh, that's what we do. But you can find out how to do that, um, if you subscribe to American Bee Journal. Okay. It's, uh, they have a lot of really amazing things on there. Oh. But Randy, Randy Oliver is one of the, the top guys in the U.S. that oh. just deals with bees. And yeah, he's, they've been testing out different, different ways of, uh, treating the varroa mite. But hmm. this, and we, yeah, and down in Texas this last week, we checked, our hives and yeah, we couldn't see any any mites. So wow, that's great. There's, they're definitely you can't kill all of them. Yeah, but it this is uh, probably the best thing we've ever used.
0: Hmm. I know uh, another homestead homesteading friend of of mine um he's trying a bee it's a bee he got it from down in georgia but it's it's a different it's a smaller bee that mm-hmm. the mite might be just too big for it you know so but it's just a mm-hmm. smaller bee that uh okay uh, with the with the more americanized bees they're bigger and the mites just seem to attack them all the time so uh, yeah anyway that's interesting. Wow. Okay. See, I have no clue. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot actually. And thanks for the tip on the uh, the beekeeper uh, resource. That's great.
1: Yeah, it's a great. It has a lot of information about sure. anything. Anything with bees, I guess. Hmm. Very cool.
0: Very nice. Um. So, what other duties do you have as a commercial type guy, versus the hobby? Uh, is there other duties you have to do,
1: or? Um. We do pollinate a few apple orchards. Okay so just bringing them there when uh, when they start to bud but mm-hmm. um, you know at the beginning of the season you're always checking to see that the queens laying eggs yep. um, there's enough bees um, they're not they're not they're, they're they're good size they're not super small like there's this they should be good and healthy and you're just checking for like diseases or mm-hmm. anything that pops up um There's one where their wings are all deformed. Oh, okay. That you can check for. I don't know. You're just always checking each hive, making sure everything's perfect, right? right. (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah, if there's a disease or if there's something wrong the hive, it's not strong. You're if you if you can find it right away, that's the best possible thing to happen.
0: Best outcome cuz then you can start yeah. treating it. Okay. Right. And it's it's interesting too you said about checking them every 7 to 10 to 14 days. Um I'm just mm-hmm. thinking in my future I would love to have a couple hives but they would be cuz I'm going to be in the cities I would have maybe a place out in the country so mm-hmm. you know having them secured there obviously if somebody comes they can take them but you know. Right, right. That's doable. I'm using the air quotes doable. Um, mm-hmm. Rather than just you know, than saying oh well I can't have them because I'm not there every day checking them you know.
1: Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to be in there all the time. Just just gonna disrupt them, and there's a chance that you pull out one of the frames and you squish the queen, and then there you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) time to get a new nuke, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, I can imagine. So have you? uh, Here's a question for you. Have you had to capture swarms at all, or do any of that kind of work?
1: Uh yes, we have captured a few. Okay. Um I actually had one in our farmhouse. Oh wow. It was uh In the farmhouse? It was in yeah, it was in the walls. Oh man. And uh my brother was down there and he said there's we got some bees flying in behind the light outside the the front door. So I had them send me a picture to see if they were honeybees or not, and they they turned out to be honeybees, so uh I think a couple weeks later, went down there. My brother got one of those, uh, those heat guns or whatever. Sure. You can shot it on the wall to see where the heat was. Cut a hole in the wall and took them out. Oh my
0: <laughs> gosh. Wow. Yeah. So that's. And no one was
1: stung. Everything went okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think I was stung. <laughs> no, yeah. I think I was good, but that was, that was my, the one I've only done on my own. We've done a few at work with our own that they'll kind of just go on to something near the hive and hang there. And then we just put a box underneath it, shake them in and uh, transport them to a different hive. Gotcha.
0: It's um, I've heard the, the uh, bees going into a house or a building can get really touchy and um, you know, just cause you have to seal it back up when they're done or they'll find it, you know, or um, yeah, yeah, there's a whole bunch of steps you have to go through just to make sure you don't have that problem happen again. Cause they know, you know,
1: they know where that hive was. <laughs> as long as you get the queen, they'll go wherever the queen's at. So oh, okay. Sure. If, you, if someone goes in there and the bees keep trying to get in there, you know, maybe they're, they were out like, so if they weren't, you got to mostly try to do it at night. Cause that's when the majority of the bees will be in there. Yeah. Um, but if you, yeah, if you do it in the day, there'll be all those foragers out and they'll come back and then, yeah, they'll try to get in and not know if you close it up and then they don't know that the queen's not in there, I guess. I see. So, Huh.
0: yeah. Yeah. I know there's a few guys that, uh, that specialize in this kind of thing, um, around the country and they've, um, uh, one guy, Michael Jordan, he's out in Wyoming, maybe you've heard of him or not, but, uh, oh. he, uh. He got called to the, um, I think, the state capitol, and he had to remove bees from the state capitol and the governor's office, I think. So it was uh, was pretty dicey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, amazing where they find themselves, right?
1: (laughs) Right. Yep. will get anywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Well, I do have some questions. Um, for a first for the small scale life podcast, <laughs> I I uh, put it out there to a couple groups: the small scale gardening group and the Minnesota Wisconsin Regen Ag group. Uh, both groups I manage on Facebook. Um, I said, "Hey, anybody got questions for the bee expert, bee guy? So, um, <laughs> so you are my expert today, and I've got you a couple could. questions from the audience, if you don't mind." Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So I've got one here, the first one, and it's kind of the uh, the starting with bees 101. What are the basic requirements in terms of money and space for starting a small bee operation? Um, and just to help define what a small bee operation is, um, serving the purposes of a homestead, maybe getting some honey out of it to sell, or uh, definitely the pollination to encourage
1: growth of uh, vegetables and flowers. Okay. Uh, well, you'd probably only need a couple hives okay. if you were just starting out, or if it's just for your garden, because the bees visit millions of flowers, and there's during peak season, I believe it's about forty to seventy thousand bees in the hive each hive. Wow! So yeah, you they got plenty, mm-hmm. plenty to go get. Um, we're going to need a smoker, a bee suit. Uh, some bee suits. Come with a veil attached to it. Otherwise, you need to buy your own veil. Uh, if you need to buy your own veil, it comes with, you. Got to get a helmet for yeah, it. For sure. You're Going to need a hive tool, gloves, and that's probably it. Um, and the all hives and the that, bees, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the yeah. Um, but with all that, all your equipment for you, um, it's probably going to be around hundred. to get all that. Okay. Give or take, depending on where you buy it from. Sure. And then all your equipment for your hives. It's, I think I got mine my first year was around $300 per hive. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it can be expensive at first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you first get your package or your nuke, Either one. You're going to need to feed them. So you can either buy the syrup from uh, certain places or else you can make your own sugar water. Okay. You just sugar and water and mix it together and put it in the feeder. And then you'll have to feed them. uh, They can take it down in a day, like a Mm -hmm. gallon. They can take a gallon down in a day. So maybe you have to feed them a couple times a week for, I don't know. Three, three, four weeks, mm-hmm. or maybe just maybe just once a week. Mm-hmm. So there's another expense. Sure. Um,
0: and that's, you know, sugar water. That's kind of a simple syrup. And I'm sure, yeah. uh, you know, you'll figure out the mixture that's right and all that good stuff. Huh, okay.
1: yeah. yeah, definitely. Huh. Cool. But, cool. yeah, so, you know, around about, $300. About, 300 dollars.
0: Okay. And then on the back end, I mean, eventually towards the end of the season, you're going to get this honey or you're going to harvest some honey. Yep. Is there any equipment you need on the back end of that, like to process uh, it?
1: Yeah, you need an extractor, or a friend that has an extractor okay. would be best. <laughs> yeah, uh, those can get expensive. I think I bought my first hand crank ext- extractor. I got it for maybe two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. And then the ones with the motors I can. I think a nice one's around a thousand dollars. Oh wow! Okay.
0: Um, probably all stainless steel and
1: yeah. 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 But it's, that's, yeah. If you want to get your, your honey, that's that's what you got to do.
0: So how do you, how do you do that? You bring in the honeycomb, right? And then you're, what you're basically doing is trying to pull the honey out of that. Is that the idea or?
1: Yeah. So the bees, um, they build out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the honeycomb on the frames, and when you try to extract it, you take the frames out, and then you take a knife, a big knife, and you scrape off the top layer of wax. Okay. And then you put them into the extractor, and the extractor spins them around, mm. and the centrifugal force throws the honey out, and then it all drains down to the bottom, and whatever container you want to put it in, people usually use uh, those food-grade pails yep, and uh you have a screen that you put underneath it to uh sift through sift all out of the wax or anything else bee parts whatever sure. got in there sure and that uh all goes through the screens and then what you have left is all your good honey
0: wow cool yeah so you're doing this for hobby and commercial you're working this process as well yeah okay yep. cool Definitely. nice nice good so it'll cost a little bit to get going but um Once you're up and running, you can use that stuff for for quite a long time.
1: True. Um, And some people put it up on Craigslist, their old equipment. I've I've bought old equipment. It's not the best thing to do, I would say, if you want to start out, because you don't know where those hives have been or if they've had any diseases or anything. Oh, okay. So chances are, well, I guess you can say chances are no, but, yeah, there's a chance there could be, viruses linked in that that wax um so that's just kind of risky but i think i think i've been lucky so
0: oh that's that's a good thing to think about you know because i wouldn't even hey just go on craigslist hey there you go we're good you know yeah i, I wouldn't even think about that but but uh that's a good point
1: real good point. yeah but you, and you can just use this you know the same stuff you have over and over so hmm doesn't go bad unless it gets broken or the wood the wood rots. But yeah, paint everything. You should be good.
0: There's this uh, this Michael Jordan guy that I mentioned before. He talked about I listened to a podcast um, on the dot Drew Sample. He's a friend from Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. He talked about. He had an extra suit that maybe was even a different color or had some distinguishing feature on it, and that was his, you know, harvesting suit. You know, and the other times <laughs> when the bees are all mellow and loving him, he's got a different suit. But when it's time to harvest, then uh, he wears that other suit with the distinguishing mark on it. So the bees are that smart, where they, oh yeah, there's the cool guy. Oh no, here's the other guy. <laughs> you know, so, they're not, so when he goes back in there after harvest, they're like, oh, there's that butthead who just took all of our, our honey, you know,
1: <laughs> Okay, yeah, <laughs> do you I've guys do anything? Yeah. You
0: know, yeah. Okay. No, okay. No, we wear
1: the same suits every day. Okay.
0: So <laughs> he was just talking about the Zen, uh, you know, talking about that. And then you're in the Zen state cause you've got all these high, these bees that could probably kill you if they all got pissed off at you enough, you know, and, and that's oh, yeah. he was, had his harvesting suit over there in case he got stung or marked and then this one was the hey there's the mellow dude there's a cool dude over there so
1: yeah nice <laughs> huh
0: something to ask the guys about um you know or ask uh, ask around it'd be kind of interesting to hear what they say yeah. about it so yeah definitely cool well that's good information okay cool number two and uh uh number two um is a friend in Wisconsin and she's got a little hobby farm and, uh, she, um, she's, I think she has some hives already, but she said, what should you say to your neighbor when you find them spraying herbicides on flowering shrubs or shared fence line right behind the hives? Any suggestions, anything mm. you've dealt with before?
1: Um, I haven't dealt with that, but yeah, definitely those aren't good for the bees. Yeah. Um, they, they have to make some better, chemical i don't know to kill the flowers or else you could say can you just pull those weeds or maybe you'll you can pull them i don't know yeah Work i don't know what,
0: i think it comes down to communication you know
1: yeah yeah because yeah they can they can ruin your hive possibly yeah would not be good no no <laughs> definitely not <laughs>
0: Number three is an interesting question. Um, how many hives are too many in an area? Our neighbor has bees on all four corners <clears throat> of his 10 acres and told us if we added bees, the colonies would kill each other due to being too close. Is this a thing? Is this
1: true? Uh, I've never heard of that being true. Okay. Um, do they know how many hives they do have?
0: Um, not sure. I don't know right now. Okay. End, so.
1: um, I think... We have, um, I think we do twenty-five to forty hives in a one area. Oh wow! Okay. Um, So I'm guessing that guy doesn't have that many hives. And yeah, I've I've never heard of if you put hives there, they're they're going to attack the other hives. When bees attack. During, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) when you're taking the honey. Uh, that's the time where you want to do it as quick as possible because if other bees see that you're taking honey, they'll want to come and kind of rob the honey.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And and if it's a a smaller hive, it has the potential to attack. But I've yeah, we haven't seen that on ours our scale or mm-hmm. with my hives, so I think it's very rare for that to happen. Gotcha. Hmm. So yeah, they can they can definitely have hives next to their neighbor's hives. Yeah, yeah, hmm.
0: yeah. And I suppose this is where you can get into the um, the issue where um, th- you don't know what that neighbor might be doing to maintain his hives, and they might be full of mites, or they might have some disease that yours don't, or vice versa, and and that could be a right. problem. Yeah, right. Interesting. Okay. Um, number four, um, I know there's some, some of the listeners are really considering having bees and, uh, do you recommend for new beekeepers to have a mentor for the first year?
1: Definitely. Okay. I would have, I probably would have saved my bees my first year if I would have had a mentor, but, uh, definitely reading up on it beforehand is good. And, uh, finding someone who's done it is, uh, yeah, a great thing to do so you don't you don't mess up because you mess up, then you're just going to have to buy more bees. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just going to burn a hole in your pocket. Sure. So definitely talking to someone that's that has done it and uh, getting tips is great.
0: Yeah. And I know there's some really good um, uh, bee groups like uh, Baldwin, Wisconsin, has a really active uh, local group that gets together, gosh, I think every month. And they talk bees and they talk about issues and things they're seeing out in the hives. Do you? Are you part of something like that?
1: Um, commercial beekeepers on Facebook. Oh, okay, I'm uh, I'm on there. Gotcha. And but nothing yeah, local, that's, no, nothing where you live or anything like that. No, I think there's a local group near me, but I've uh, whenever they have meetings, I haven't been able to go. So <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> there's only so much time for bee. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I I would think that I would want a mentor too, because like I'm, you know, I don't know anything, so. Hey, (laughs) right. It's a good idea. Exactly. Cool. Um, This, this question comes from um, a listener who's out in Elk Mound, uh, Wisconsin, and he's, uh, he's getting his property up and running. Uh, Just built a house out there and he's looking at going to the next step and planting fruit trees and everything. Um, He says, uh, bees and bad houses. My neighbor has a couple of bad houses and my son has built a couple for scouts that we have. I would also love to do bees. That being said, how far apart should I keep them so they don't have a royal rumble
1: rumble with the bees? Um, I don't think there'd be a problem at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless uh, the hive swarms, swarms off and leaves and finds the bat home and wants to live there. But oh, yeah. I find that hard to believe that that would happen. So right. I, don't, I don't think uh, the bats would have a problem or the bees would have a problem with the bats, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, one's active during the day, the other one's active at night, so... Um,
1: yeah, yeah, the bees are all inside at night, and, yeah, no problem. Yeah,
0: no problem. There you go, John. No problem there, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is another big question that our, our listeners <laughs> have, because, um, you know, some of them live in northern parts of Wisconsin, and we have a lot of bears, and uh, do you have um, any recommendations on preferred bear exclusion fencing systems? Uh, maybe a brand or volts recommendation? Do you have any experience with that? I'm not sure.
1: Um, just things I've read. Okay, uh, I do know you want to get um, the electric fence that has at least three or four of the electric strands. Okay, um, I believe they want the posts to be about ten feet apart and at least seven thousand volts. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, they want to because yeah, once if a bear gets in there. They're just going to keep coming back, and yeah. they can just destroy all your equipment and everything you have. So, Man, that yeah, would be that's, a, that that's would be what pretty I think. devastating. Yeah, it would. Yeah, and then skunks too. I think. Oh, really? They love bees, so they'll go up to the hive and like they'll scratch on it, and huh. then the bees will come out, and then they'll just eat the bees as they come out. Really? <laughs> but yeah, some people use the fences for skunks to just have a, a lower wire down, hmm. but. At least three or four you should use, and uh, yeah, you should always check on it and make sure it's working, sure yeah the one time the bear goes there and it's not working, it's
0: gonna destroy everything. Oh yeah, that's really interesting. How about raccoons do they do you have problems with
1: raccoons as well? um I haven't noticed I've seen their paw prints on my hives, but yeah. I don't I haven't noticed anything different with uh, maybe they can they can I don't think they can knock over if it's a lower at the beginning of the season, I'm pretty sure they can't knock over the hive, but I just throw big rocks on top of it. Yeah, so yeah,
0: I just figured they're such great scavengers that they would figure out some way to get inside and eat all the honey, you know, and
1: right. Yeah. No, I think you're good.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's, that's cool. That's, that's good to know. Cause, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: again, uh, my future plan, if I have a couple hives, I'm sure I'm going to be in the woods somewhere and, and, uh, you know, protecting against bears is going to be key and skunks now too. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, I, as I was just thinking about um, some of the beekeepers in the area, I know they've had some trouble with winterizing their beehives. Um, they've, they lose their hives in the winter. What, what suggestions suggestions do you have to keep them alive? It's kind of off the cuff.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh they, in the winter, a moisture will, But like, what am I trying to say? If it gets uh,
0: too cold, uh, if that moisture gets in there, they might freeze? Something
1: like that, yeah. The moisture builds up on the top of the hive, and then it will drop down onto the bees. Oh, and then, okay. Yeah, they'll necessarily, yeah, they'll freeze. Um, so you can put moisture boards. Um, uh-huh. People put burlap sacks with um, wood chips or huh. sawdust, and that that soaks up everything interesting because okay. um, in the in the middle of winter it can be like 70 degrees inside the hive oh wow they're all in there vibrating keeping everything warm uh-huh. uh, but yeah if anything happens where they can't stay warm uh, they'll they'll freeze and die and then wrapping wrapping it with like black tar okay. paper mm-hmm. um, to absorb more of the Sun to make, heat up the hive gotcha um, those are definitely two two things to do. And there's also, uh, the U of M does a, a great class that I took um, called Beekeeping in Northern Climates. Okay. And uh, I think it's like $250 mm. for the class, but it tells you everything you need to know. Um, they give you a whole bunch of books and uh, they go through pretty much everything you need to know for your first year. Okay. And then they also have a second year uh, class just to what, what do you do after your first year getting into your second year and the whole yeah, all that I think it was it was a very great class to take and I recommend it.
0: That's really cool um, I suppose there's something with the orientation of your hives too you don't want to face them into the west wind or something like that you want to have do you want to put them behind a break or some kind of wind break to keep that cold northern wind out of the you know from going right into the hive I'm sure you want to orient them some different way right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The best is to face them southeast. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, definitely a windbreak of any kind is is great for the bees. Yeah, I know the
0: uh, the guy where I visited his hives. He had a, a line of trees right there, so. Um, yeah, that works great. And he had a he had electric fence too. So, I thought it okay. was to keep the cows out, but you know.
1: <laughs> <do I> know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um. What's your opinion on these? Uh, on my Facebook feed, I see these what is it? The top loaded hives or this new hive that comes out where you just like turn the crank and the high, oh, the honey. The, pour. Yeah. What, what the is flow this? Hive. What's yeah.
1: The flow vibe, hive or whatever. What, what is that? Yeah. Like? Um, so the idea is they don't, when you take away the bees, honey, you're opening it up and it's disturbing the bees and all this. Yeah. Whatever. You don't, I don't think it matters, but, Um, for the flow hive, you kind of, it's all connected. All the wax is already built in Okay. kind of, it's all plastic. And then the bees just fill it with honey and put the wax over it. And then when you want the honey, you open up the back of it and you put these rods in and twist it and it breaks the wax Hmm. and then it all flows down to the bottom and then out a tube and into whatever you want.
0: It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. I don't know.
1: Have you guys ever tried it? Just
0: one, just to see if it worked?
1: No, it's, okay. it's like $900 oh. for one or something, 600 I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But The return uh, on investment would be pretty, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's from Australia, so maybe things are different there. But from what I've read, um, when you're doing this, if other bees in the area – come over there and it's like the robbing situation they'll come and then just attack whatever is where, where the honey's coming from and just so try to eat it all up as fast as they can so maybe you might bring more bees into the area and then you're not going to get all the honey out from whatever. so then that'll attract ants ants will get in there so i don't know very skeptical on it sure. i don't think
0: so, so the typical things you're fighting—you've got the bears, you've got the skunks, um, raccoons, maybe not. Um, but then, sounds like ants. You've obviously got the mites and other little pests. What, what other insects? Uh, other bees, but what other um,
1: pests are you dealing with? Uh, there's hive beetles. Oh, these okay. little little black beetles that um, feed on the pollen inside the hive, and then they—if it's a weaker colony—they'll um, just lay a bunch of eggs all over and take over and eat your honeycomb and uh, eat your pollen and kind of i haven't seen them take over a hive but it can definitely disrupt the hive because i don't think they can get all of them out gotcha and then so they make traps and stuff that Hmm. you can put inside there's a bunch of youtube videos of people that use different uh, i don't know i wouldn't say chemicals but stuff they put in like Crisco. they mix in there and then only the mites eat it, and then they die. Hmm. It, sounds,
0: it sounds like a uh, slug beer trap. Hey, here's put this beer yeah. in the garden and see if it gets a slug. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Never right. works for me, of course, maybe because I drink the beer first. But
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. the only slug
0: it catches is me.
1: <laughs> gotcha. And then uh, there's wax moths in, oh. later in the season. If it's a weak hive, wax moth can get in there, lay its eggs, and then... I don't think, I guess I don't think the beetle, hive beetles will destroy the wax. Hmm. Maybe the babies, or babies will, but yeah, the wax moth will get in there, lay its eggs, and that uh, larva in there will terrorize and eat all your wax and destroy your honeycomb. And yeah, so those aren't good things to have. But and so if you have any um, extra equipment laying around, make sure that, um, all the cracks and everything are all covered up. Mm. Nothing can get in there because mice, mice can also destroy oh. the your honeycomb I bet, if I they bet. get in there. Mm. And, uh, but yeah, wax moth, if, if you have any extra equipment, just lay some of that uh, repellent around it, I guess. Um, yeah, when you're checking your hives, you can see if there's, like, spider web kind of stuff all in there. That's the... That's the larva kind of eating away at your your wax. Interesting.
0: Okay. Oh.
1: Huh. I'm learning a lot today. Really am. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
0: Makes me nervous to get uh, to get bees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff I'm going to have to watch. Uh, watch out <laughs> for. It can come in waves, so, you know, it's not all going to hit you at once.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And I suppose it's just like anything else you... Yep, comes in waves. So, good. Well, that's good stuff. Well, you we've been talking a little bit about all that good stuff, beekeeping the 101, and now you're you're uh we've talked about your real job, and now you're starting off on a little different venture. So, I'm really curious uh what what do you got going on? You're going to be starting something new here in the future.
1: Uh yeah, just my own little hobby business, I guess. Okay. Um, that's just going to be, you know, I'm just selling everything all the honey and pollen that i have um it's my company is called b52 honey so b-e-e-52 honey my farm (laughs) my farm is off highway 52 nice so it's uh yeah it kind of worked out for the name and um i don't know if i'm gonna have a website maybe i'll have facebook okay like account i'll make for it but uh i do have um domain or an email through b52honey it'd be travis dot or travis at b52honey so b-e-e the number 52 and honey.com and that's if anyone uh, has questions um, they can reach me there cool or they want to buy honey or just anything about these that's where they can reach me
0: so you're looking mostly at pollen and honey Um, you're not looking at making selling hives or any of that kind of equipment at this point it's just mainly honey and pollen and and really focusing on that
1: yep yep just that and then maybe maybe this year I might try to make the honeycomb the honeycomb chunks to sell too so okay well I'm thinking about that wow that's cool
0: it's, it seems like with bees that there's just so many different avenues you can go down you know whether it's just honey, or then you can get into breeding queens. You can do bees. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, just all yeah. these different avenues you can go down um, if if you wanted to.
1: The bees also make this; uh, they seal up cracks within the hive with this stuff called propolis, mm. and they also eat that too. And it, it's like a, it's like a medication kind of for them, I guess you could say, keeps them healthy. But you can eat it too. You can make your own little tincture of it um i made some you take like 90 proof alcohol and then you grind up all the the propolis and then you just kind of put it in a jar for i think it's six weeks maybe and you just shake it every now and then okay but yeah you just i don't know if you're feeling sick just take a little drop put it on your tongue and it's supposed to have a lot of great properties in it to help with any kind of cold or sickness huh
0: that sounds pretty good yeah they had me at ninety proof no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah hits you yeah ah, that's great well just another uh another thing see I hadn't heard of that before um- mm-hmm. yeah they sell so it cool. and
1: they put it in like you can you can that's something you can sell too if you get uh, on a larger scale mm-hmm. uh, I think they buy it for this pill company they buy it for twenty five dollars a pound I think okay but uh yeah there's different Different avenues to work with propolis.
0: Nice. Yeah, and I would uh, I would encourage you to um, you know at least set up a Facebook page. You know, and uh, it's it's free. That's always good. And uh, yeah, so that way I can link to you. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So we're all about you know I'm all about trying to help you know local local folks try to get their businesses off the ground and, you know, it's always oh, good to have friends and, and, uh, have you ever thought about, uh, you know, there's, there were a few people asking about mentors. Have you ever thought about being a mentor for, for other people
1: being yeah. like a, a consultant? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I, people can definitely ask me, um, anything about bees. And yeah. if I don't know the answer, I know people that do know the answer. Yeah. That's the key. So, that's really yeah. the key. So cool. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't have any more questions for you. I'm kind of I'm kind of out of the questions. You did a really good job. Do you have any questions for me or any anything else?
1: Um, I don't think so. Okay, I think. Cool. Well,
0: um, I'll keep talking to our mutual friend, and uh, when you have your site up or w- whatever, let me know, and uh, we'll link to it on Small Scale Life. I think that'd be great. And, uh, and hey, if you ever needs need some help out there for your for your local hives, just let me know. I mean, I can probably. <laughs> and lend an extra hand I might have to get a super big suit you know but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's fun yeah. it's, it's fun learning you know it's fun learning about this stuff because I'm just clueless so I can grow stuff but you know bees I'm not haven't done that yet so
1: <laughs> yeah they, they work hand in hand and yeah. you know and the end of the season when you're pulling in all that honey it's it's a good feeling so it's a lot of fun right, right.
0: well thanks for being on the Small Scale Life podcast yeah thanks
1: for having me cool
0: well and uh and we'll catch you next time. So, alright everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Tom from Small Scale Life. Remember to continue to learn, do, and grow.